Amen. Thank you, guys. It looks like we've got a, a few uh, technical glitches this morning. Um, but um, the blessing of it is that you will have to read in the Bible. So, uh, so take out your Bible and read this morning with me. Um, my friend Ian, my brother-in-law there uh, behind the desk. <laughs> um, okay. So um, if, um, if you guys can uh, this morning just uh, read uh, with me in the Bibles, um, then, uh, then it's going to help me a lot to, to stay, stay put and uh, stay focused. Um, I want to just go on with a, a conversation that we are having this year, and that is the one of getting back to the basics, getting back to the plumb line, getting back to where God wants us to... Um, to uh, just make sure that our foundations is right, and um, you know, I love actually um, where God is taking us at this moment, um, because it's allowing us to to be fragile with Him and to uh, to even rebuild where there is some flaws, um, and um, and that is true for each one of us. And I want to just say, guys, uh, when it comes to just um, uh, growth in our lives, the only way that you can grow is to Okay, who's picking up this morning? Are you awake? Change. You can't grow if you don't change. Okay, just give me an indication that at least you are with me this morning. <laughs> I need you to talk to me. <laughs> because change allows us to grow. And uh, so this morning I want to talk about a topic, grow to change or change to grow. Okay, Chrissy is one of those people that will figure this one out. Uh, grow to change or change to grow? <laughs> change yeah. to grow. Okay, great. Ed. You, uh, you win the opportunity to register for Planted. <laughs> so, in our little family, we've got a lot of dynamics. I've got a daughter. Um, Anna Mart, and uh, I've got a daughter, Lana, and Zoe, as uh, all of you know, or most of you. And um, there's a lot of different uh, dynamics that's happening within this little family to, um, to come to God's destiny for us as a family. I can tell you, where God is at with me is a lot different in my growth and change that's happening in my life than what is happening in Anna's life. Are you with me? Do you, do you agree with me at least this morning? <laughs> and also what is happening in Lana's life. And also what's happening in Milani, my wife's life. There's a lot of different things that God is doing in our lives individually. But it's also contributing to where God is taking us collectively. And so uh, the beauty of it is that little Zoe that is busy forming her identity and her character often finds herself being an irritation to the rest of us. Is it not so? <laughs> she would come into the room while Anna, Anna is busy uh, spending time with her friend, you know, uh, 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 
and, and they are busy making videos and stuff. And Zoe comes in and she shouts and she makes herself self known because she is busy working on her identity. She's busy asking herself, what, you know, what is this life all about? And for Lana, she's at a fragile state. She's busy working through, you know, different things of what God is busy doing in her life. You know, how does friendships look? How do her friends appreciate her? And so, oh, you got there. And so there's a dynamic that actually happens within our little family that is individual, but it's also collective. And the blessing thereof is the fact that, you know... As a family, we cannot choose to stagnate. We must change in order to make this dynamic work. Are you with me? Now, I can also tell you, I've been in lots of churches in my life until now. Lots of chauffeur churches, um, you know, after being in school. And um, I remember first going to French Hook, which was a, a family church at the time. In, uh, when was it? Not 99. There was a lots, lots of dynamics around families and, you know, just the, the change that is uh, happening in, in, in family life. And, and then I went to Worcester, which um, in South Africa is more a rural town uh, with a lot of social, um, you know, issues. <laughs> um, and you know what? Within that, we had to work through every season what God wanted to do in the different congregations in our lives and through our lives as a collective unit to come to where God wants to take us. And so even in this church, I know that you know, God is busy collectively forming and shaping us as a unit to come to the fulfillment of what Christ wants to do in and through us. He has called us, but there is a dynamic that's happening. So I do realize this morning... When I say we as a family, as a church family, that there's also the dynamic of your immediate family. And there's a lot of different things happening around you that cause you to change all the time in order to stay in step with where God is taking you. Are you with me this morning? Is that happening to you? Do you feel like a person in a tumble dryer? (laughs) Because that's certainly where I'm at. (laughs) I said the other day to a guy, I said... It feels like the first six months being in England, I just filled in forms. <laughs> it was uh, not uh, necessarily hard copies, but uh, it's the internet, and my wife is complaining. She says, you know, all these platforms that we must go for the kids and pay, and, you know, go and, and get information on the announcements, and, and now the church is even worse. They bring events with, uh, you know, registration pages. And, and uh, Chrissy will be talking about that uh, with us uh, during the next few months as well. How do we change the church to adapt to this uh, thing called database and GDPR and all these things? A lot of changes that's happening in and around our lives and we need to adapt all the time. The challenge is that Change bring a lot of discomfort. And you get it to times when you even feel um, fatigue in changing. But I've got news for you this morning. If you stop changing, you will die. <laughs> because this is the life that Christ has called us to. This is the life that Christ brought us to. And... Uh, 
you know, I, I see within Christianity it a lot of the times, I call it actually the retirement syndrome. <laughs> you know, where people get to a phase of their lives where they say to you, you know, I just want to... I just want to have space. I don't want to be involved in the church. And unfortunately, that is normally the time when people are the most fragile, (laughs) when they get um, off the bus and experience a lot of onslaught from the enemy. And I see it all the time. But what I want to say to you is, you know, when we are in the kingdom, things change. And the day that you give your life to Christ, it's not getting easier. (laughs) Because guess what? It's almost as if when your spiritual life gets ignited, things are even getting more dynamic. (laughs) Because for the first time, there's this war in your life that you now start to understand because there's a spiritual and a physical war that's busy happening in your life and you need to adapt to that. Is it not true? And so it's as if all hell breaks loose when you come to a place of salvation because then you actually need more covering in your life to actually work and navigate yourself through this new spiritual dimension that you now understand and try to get grip on and to run with what God has in store for you. Unfortunately, we many times underestimate the spiritual battle. We many times underestimate what is busy happening in our lives and we hardly want to even change because we are trying to get to just understand what's happening. And so the enemy so many times uses, you know, deception and, and wrongdoing in our lives to, to bring us to the wrong navigation. Now the other night I went to... Um, to Herman and, and Antoinette, um, they were at the um, Impact Sunday as well. You guys will remember them. I went to them on Thursday night. For, they they um, stay or they live in in Rygate. It's a, it's far actually from here. I didn't know that it's that far, but it was great to spend some time with them. When I returned at about ten o'clock the evening, um, not knowing my way around London that uh, well yet (laughs) I realized that I only have 10% on my GPS now that was a crisis because at that stage I didn't have a cable to plug in to the car to actually get myself and my um, battery to be recharged so that I can just see where to drive now I was busy panicking because at 10 o'clock at night hardly any shops you know open at Rygate um you know, I realized, okay, I'll have to navigate myself now because my phone is going to go dead any minute and I don't know how to get home. <laughs> so I've put it on low power mode. Guys like uh, Malcolm will tell you, you know, how to do the technical stuff like that. But low power mode and I've tried to navigate myself at least to a place close to... Um, to Merton or, or Morden um, and, um, and then I, I could could get here, luckily, the last bit, um, you know, to my home. The biggest challenge was, is, um, is the fact that if you are not in sync with that GPS, we start to panic. And sometimes in our lives, it's the same. God has a destination for each one of us. And I just want to say to you, God has a 
certain destiny that he has in store for your life. And as long as you stay on that course, you will find contentment. The purpose of life. But guess what? The enemy will always come and try to steal and try to divert you and think that you are still on the way. So that you miss God's purposes for your life. And one of the things that I see he always does is he, he makes you to stop growing. And we come to a, a, a place of physically, um, or, or physically um, even, or, or, or uh, a fatigueness within us that brings us to a place where we uh, don't want to actually fight anymore. <laughs> the problem is, it gets worse, because if you don't reach the destination, that contentment is not going to, um, to be found in your life. Now, there's many ways that God actually brought us to a place of understanding where we can prevent falling into that trap. And one of those is discipleship. Now, I want to say to you, um, Jesus said that we must go and make disciples. I don't always know if we know what that means. Because if, you're not, if you've not been discipled, it's very difficult to, to disciple others. You must become a disciple first. You're right, Joseph. <laughs> you must become a disciple first. And the, the problem is, you know, when it gets to discipleship, I don't think we always understand what it means. Because for Jesus it meant that a disciple is somebody that gets disciplined. So Jesus had the 12 disciples under discipline. (laughs) Guys being under the discipline of Jesus so that they would fulfill the promises of God in their lives. You're right, Joseph. Being under discipline so that you can fulfill God's promises and stay in the cause that God has called you to be. Now, this means to bring order and it brings healing into our lives to a place where we can experience restoration. Now, salvation we know is an immediate um, happening, but I want to say to you this morning, you cannot make believers. Do you agree with me? You can only make disciples. Jesus needs to transform a person and blow life into them, spiritual life into them, so that they can start a journey with Him in experiencing eternal life. That you and I cannot do. But the next one is one where God challenged us to actually go and make disciples. We understand that there's a partnership that He has chosen for us to walk into so that we can lead others to a place of blessing. Now, that means that if you and I can find ourselves in a place of healing, we will become greater disciples, but we will also be at a place of restoration, which which will lead us to a place of contentment and fulfillment in the destiny that God has called us to. Are you still with me? So, why do we need healing? We need healing because all the areas that is not healed in our lives, the enemy will use as entry points to steal and destroy from the destiny that God has installed for our lives. 
And so, you know, healing is such a, a vital part of our walk with God and the way in which we raise up other people. I want to say to you, each one of us have a measure of responsibility in the kingdom of God that God has given us. Which means that I am the shepherd of this um, flock, which means that I must actually take responsibility. And every day I pray for you. Me and my wife, we make sure that we put you know, our schedules aside and make sure that we spend as much time as we can in praying for everyone that God is sending to this house. Because there's a responsibility that comes with it. And you know what? Um, a guy like Eduard sitting there at the back, he's um, a small group leader. There's a, there's a responsibility that God wheels down to him as a small group leader to walk a road with people, discipling them to a place where they can become the people that God wants them to be. And that means that we bring order in our lives. And bring order in our lives bring restoration. Is it not so? So, what I've seen is that many times in Christianity, people talk about, you know, order as being something uh, wishy-washy, you know, <laughs> something that, um, you know, we try to prevent these days, and, and that is the law of God. The fact that we so easily talk about grace these days, but we forget about the principles that God wants to talk to us about. Now in Galatians 6, Paul speaks about this principle. And Paul, being a father to many in the faith, you know, in Galatians 6, speaks about the grace. And, you know, he he says that, um, you foolish Galatians, do you not understand that it's not by the customs of Jewish uh, traditions that you will come to God, but it's through a relationship that Jesus Christ has established. Now, Paul deliberately say this because in the context of it is, you know, that the Jews at the time tried to use these customs that they had to impart that into the new disciples and think that that's the solution for them to actually come to a better righteous state with God. Now, Paul says that it's foolishness because Paul also understood that um, as important as the law is, The law cannot bring us closer to God. Jesus came to fulfill that place where you and I enter into him, into a place where we are safe and we can actually have a better understanding and relationship with God. But does that mean that grace is extended to the place where we can sin more and we can uh, understand that, um, you know, we can do whatever we want? Paul said no. Because, Galatians, I have a problem with you. Because you use the blessing of grace to such a foolish extent that you actually use this freedom to indulge in sin. And to justify a lack of discipline in your life. Paul said, let it not be so. Because whatever is a spiritual law, you know... um, is something to govern us by God so that we can experience life in abundance. Now, I want to just quickly say, there's physical laws and there's spiritual laws in this life. 
And the two intertwine, and it's equally important for us to actually come to a place of fulfillment. Can I use an example quickly? God introduced day and night. And he said there will be rest time. If you and I decide to, uh, maybe I should ask you first, is it a physical or a spiritual law? both but because God instituted it God is spirit and so God introduced the laws that gravitates us at this moment through the earth and uh, our existence and our physical understanding and where we are living but there is physical manifestations of it if you and I deny the physical manifestations of it there will be consequences now I can use many such examples God says in the the first law he says listen let me be the only God over you and and no other choosing to disobey that and have other gods is that a spiritual or a physical manifestation in our lives well both because I can tell you because of the choice not to have God as the idol in your life, but other gods will make those other gods to rule over your life in certain spheres. Woo, are you with me? If you choose to obey another god or another manifestation of religion, then guess what? You're going to reap the manifestation of that religion in your life. And if it's a dead religion, I can promise you it's going to be dead as night and day. Because I can tell you guys, we make choices in the church that actually manifest in our lives and we don't understand the impact. And we are ignorant to the fact that God wants us to actually just have a life in abundance in Him, in Jesus. Because being in Jesus does not exclude us from the consequences of sin and the things that we're doing wrong. Being in Jesus means that you and I must make the choice to actually navigate ourselves within the principles, the laws that God has in store for us. Is it not so? Let's use another example. Is it the sixth law or the seventh? I can't remember. The one of um, do not go into adultery. Now I can tell you this morning, why would God not want us to... um, to go into adulterous relationships? I guess that's uh, the wrong uh, question. <laughs> so yeah, it's nice to have you here. <laughs> Why do God want us um, not to be in adulterous relationships? The question is wrong. Why do God want us to be in marriage in a safe place where He can have us to experience the blessing of relationship? And I can say to you this morning, God loves us. And as long as we make the choice to partner with Him in spiritual and physical laws that He has set there for us, we will be safe. The unfortunate thing is, and I can tell you the the spiritual implication of even adulterous relationships, and this morning I want to just say it because I can see the manifestation of that in the church today even more than outside the church. 
people are ha- having sexual relationships within the church even more than they have outside of the church. And you know what is the manifestation thereof? Broken relationships. Because do you know that spiritually every time that you spend time in a sexual um, relationship with somebody else, you give something of yourself to that person? The law says by God that when you have sexual intercourse with somebody, when you bind yourself to somebody else, it means that souls get intertwined. It becomes one flesh. Which means that every time a person sleeps with another person, something of you gets stuck with that person. Now, um, you know, no wonder that uh, people in the church are more confused than ever about their own identities. Is it not so that the more you spend time in marriage together, Sally, you guys, Ian, you guys can, uh, can say it this morning, Safiso, the more time you spend with your partner, it's almost as if, you know, their character becomes your character. There's parts of me that get stuck in Milani and Milani in me, and we work that out together. But guess what? You know, there's a, there's a place of me that is very vulnerable to Milani, and I know that the more we spend time together, you know, the more we will actually have characteristics together. And that's why we sometimes even say of um, you know, married couples that they look alike. <laughs> you because the fact is God's spiritual law says whenever you have sexual intercourse with somebody else you become one flesh and so I want to say to you today you know because we ignore it as Christians we sit in and I'm I'm not fighting with you this morning I I think you understand eh? I'm illustrating a point here Because within the church of God, we ignore certain spiritual things and we don't understand the consequences of it. And it's not God's God's doing. God wants us to experience the blessing of His protection in His spiritual laws that He has set out for us. Does that mean that those laws are bringing us closer to God? No, by no means. And so... You know, Jesus would fight with the Pharisees and Sadducees and so many others and saying, listen, you're missing the point. (laughs) It's not by fulfilling the law, the Jewish customs, that we are going to come closer to God. Now, my question to you this morning would be, so what happened in the New Testament then? Because some people will say to you, okay, so the Old Testament is not that relevant anymore. (laughs) Because Jesus has come to to make everything new. So we are now under the grace dispensation. So let's just go on. Happy, lucky, you know, amazing grace. My problem with that is, the challenge that it brings to each one of us this morning, is that in the Old Testament, if you stole, it was wrong, wasn't it? In the New Testament... If you steal today, is it right or is it wrong? Okay. God, in his character, did he change from the Old Testament 
to the New Testament. Nothing about God's character changed. Did humans in the Old Testament change to what we have today as humankind? Okay. Was Abram as much Abram as you are today a human and are going through the same difficulties? <laughs> the guys in the Old Testament went through the same hardship, but nothing changed. Humankind is still the same after the Old Testament and into the new dispensation. And Jesus came to do what? What did change then? <laughs> What changed from the Old Testament to the New Testament? The remedy for sin. In the Old Testament, you had to, whenever you do sin or do wrong or get off the path, the wrath of God, you had to come to a place of sacrifice and use oxen or doves or whatever you know was used in those days to actually... Use the blood so that you would get to a place of redemption. Are you with me? Today, we have the freedom of Christ. So what did Christ free us into? The freedom to walk into the destiny and purpose that God has for our lives. But you know what? You have a free will. Do you know that that free will is because God has a free will. And God chose to buy His image, make humankind with a free will, so that we can choose to make choices here on earth <laughs> that will impact our lives. He has given you the opportunity to make certain choices so that you can live a life of destiny. And that purpose that you have been created for allows you to find fulfillment. And as long as you stay within that, you will be fine. Are you with me this morning? But I can tell you, Galatians 6 verse 7 to 8, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever he sows, one sows, that will also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. <laughs> so we make a choice in how we want to live this life and how fulfilled we want to live this life. Matthew 5 verse 17. Do not think that I have come to establish law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. So Jesus came to fulfill them. And then Matthew 5 verse 18 to 19. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth has passed away, not, um, do I read that right? Just quickly go to, um, to that scripture, please. The next one, the next one. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not, I have to, not a dot will pass from the law until... All is accomplished. Therefore, whoever relax, relaxes one of the least of these commandments and teaches um, others to do so, the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great, 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 great in the kingdom of heaven. <laughs> Which means that 
you and I in discipling people, bringing order into people's lives, have an also a responsibility to bring order in our own lives and change and transform and become you know, uh, 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 closer to Christ and more like Christ so that we grow to a place of maturity. Are you with me this morning? But nothing has changed according to the expectation that God has on our lives. And sometimes I think that we as you know, disciples of Christ think that uh, we have arrived. And we must show some humility here in saying that you will never arrive. We will always be at the place where if you stop growing, (laughs) you will struggle to find the purposes of God for your life. And so, um, you know, I am so challenged this morning, and I I, I hope you can um, see it, that God brings us to a place where... He is um, not spoiling our fun. He's not making life difficult for us. But He wants what is best for our lives. Did it um, change anything about what happened in the Old Testament? I can say to you, Abram, according to his faith, received the righteousness of God. Abram had to wait a little bit for, um, for Jesus to fulfill the gateway. But because of his faith in God, he was allowed to walk into eternity. The same happens to us today. The choice that you and I make to enter into, into Christ is a place where you and I make a decision to position ourselves in a place of maturity, a place of change. Now, I want to change. I want to be at that place where God can, can fulfill his purposes in my life. Um, and Psalm 81 is such a place for me. 81 verse 10 to 12. You know, just go and ponder on this um, chapter. It's such a beautiful chapter. Psalm 81 verse 10 to 12. I'm the Lord your God who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. Open your mouth wide and I will fill it. But my people did not listen to my voice. Israel would not submit to me. So I gave them over to their stubborn hearts to follow their own counsels. And so I can tell you, the only problem is that sometimes their GPS get confused. (laughs) It's as if um, the church is defiled through people that believe that actually God is speaking to them. It's strange these days, you know, everyone has a word from God and everyone, but none of us wants to be disciplined or to, to actually come in order and to, to, to allow God to bring order in our lives, in the chaos. And I want to say to you, the challenge within um, Psalm 81 does not lie in you opening your mouth. The life comes when God fills your mouth. And we fill ourselves with all kinds of nonsense that the world has to offer at this moment. You know, I'm, I'm catching myself up. You know, even looking at too much, you know, of these series. I love, you know, some of the series that, uh, that is going around these days in, in South Africa. I never watch series. Now, this is a new thing for me, so I like the action ones. Um, <laughs> but I, I'm challenged by it. 
Because the fact is, do I open my mouth to the right things so that God can fill me? And I'm so ever, you know, so often I'm actually reminded by that uh, through the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit speaks to me and he says, let me listen. Woo, can we have a conversation? I have a plan. I have a purpose for your life. This morning, I want to say to you, you know what? Sometimes God brings a brick wall in front of us, not to harm us. Not so that we can run into that brick wall and hurt ourselves, but so that we can come to a standstill. A place of confrontation with God. A place where we must allow God to speak to us and say to us certain things that will transform our lives. And God says, you know what, if that brick wall is not going to help you, I'll leave you to run into your own stubbornness. And so many people run into their own stubbornness all over the world as Christians, and they miss the point. The fact that God actually wants to allow us to partner with them and to indulge Um, Let us indulge into the fullness of what Christ has to offer in our lives. And you know what? The only way that you and I can come to such a place is a place called change. And that place is a place where we get confronted with it every day. Am I going to change according to Christ's word in my life? Or am I going to confine confide myself within my own fleshly desires and especially in the society that we are living I'm telling you I'm more aware of it than ever (laughs) you know being so in comfort in a country that blesses me you know I love everything that this country has to offer but I also know that I must be so vigilant not to miss God's purposes and promises in my life Because God is speaking. And maybe this is a word for some of you. um, Just quickly stand. Maybe this is a word to you. To some of you this morning. But maybe that desert in your life. At this stage where you don't hear the voice of God. Is there because. The previous round when God spoke. You still must go and revisit. Because God did not change his plan. He still wants to fulfill that thing in your life. But he first wants you to get to the wall. He first wants to have this conversation with you about, can we just talk about what I said to you? My promise is still the same. And you know what we do? We water down things in our lives. We make life a little bit more comfortable. A few excuses. Not to fulfill God's promises. Not to do what God wants in our lives. Because guess what? You know, life is busy. And it's so easy in the environment that we are in to always use that as an excuse. And I use it as well. So I'm not excluding myself here this morning. I had to stand up at 3 o'clock this morning, you know, to prepare for what's, what's um, you know, the word that you are receiving here. Because I'm busy. But you know what? That's a priority decision. Me and Sajat, um, you know, worked here until late last night um, to, uh, to paint these walls. That's now white. But you know what? 
there's priority decisions that, that we must make as a team to say, God, I'm not going to walk away from the promises that you have for my life. And I'm certainly not going to, to water it down. Because God, nothing has changed within your promise in my life. And I want to say to you, you know, I'm so excited about what God is doing in my life because God revisits those things with me. You know, the worse circumstances get, the more God reminds me, just focus. Because nothing has changed. I'm still as focused. I'm still, you know, going to um, allow you to see all of those promises, but you just make sure to get to my heart. And we don't spend enough time with God, and I can tell you this morning, and I'm, I really, I'm not fighting with you, I'm fighting with myself here. I'm fighting for time with God. I make sure that in my busy schedule, I make time for God. I stand up in the morning at 5, 5.30, I make sure that I spend time before the kids get up with God. You know what? I'm so tempted to take that telephone and those uh, WhatsApps that comes. You know, it's amazing to see those things. You know, in the morning, the first thing that you want to do, woohoo, there's some communication. Or that Facebook um, thing. Okay, what, what's happening in the other people's lives? Or those emails. All of us, just relax. You're not the only one that gets 180 emails a day, okay? Relax. All of us get it. And we almost work through it. But guess what? As soon as you can come to a reality check and prioritizing your life to a place where God becomes the most in the center of your life, nothing is going to change. You will have to change. God is not changing because He can't. You and I must come to an understanding that we need to change. And I love it. Because that challenged me to the core. And I want to say to you this morning, I love Jesus. So Jack, thanks for yesterday. It blessed me. I see Jesus in you. You really bless me. And you know what? I'm so blessed by what God is doing in our lives and circumcising our hearts and our cause and our priorities and our and don't walk out of this building today and say, ah, oh, the pastor made me f- feel guilty again and feel bad again. This is life, my friend. If you're not serious about the calling and, 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 and the promise that God has for your life, guess what? The enemy is very, very serious about it. You know what? He's working constantly to divert you. He knows exactly what's happening in your life and what is the potential in where you can go. He knows exactly where God's uh, projection is with you. And he is the first to try to divert you to come to that um, fulfillment. You know what's the blessing? We're not going to allow him to steal from us anymore. I'm not going to allow him to tell me that it can't. I'm not going to allow him to tell me that, uh, you know, that, I'm failing, I'm not um, getting... Nonsense. I know where I am with God. And I want to say to you guys, entering into that place where we can understand this battle that we are engaging in allows us to position ourselves in a place of being winners. I see too many victims in this world 
crying out and making us believe that victimhood is the solution to life. Every other victim is these days shown as the victims. And I'm not saying that disrespectful. Because Jesus came for the broken. But guess what? Jesus wants the broken to walk in victory. That's why he brought life and life in abundance. And the choice to position ourselves in such is a place where we need to, by choice, change and walk in the right direction so that God can fulfill his promises. Let's bow our heads. Father, we love you this morning.